Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. We're in the middle of a message series, and if you're just brand new and you're visiting with us, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. We decided to take the, the next few weeks and to really start answering some questions um, of different major, major components of Christianity. And so if you were here last week, we tackled the question, what is salvation? And so what, what I would pause and say this in this room is if you're sitting in here and you say, Terry, you know, I, I hear that churchy word all the time, salvation. It's not a word we use in, in kind of common language today. And I'm really kind of curious. I think I know what it means. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I want to encourage you to go back to last week's message um, because we unpacked all the questions that many people have about salvation. What does it mean? And, and, and what does it mean to inherit eternal, eternal life? So I want to encourage you to go back. And we're going to build off of that message this week with another question that most people have. And it centers around something that we do, which to be quite honest with you, is one of those things in Christianity that if you're unchurched or if you're outside of the church, you've never been in church, you look at this thing that we do in church and you say, this is the reason why I think they're all freaky. And that term and the picture that we're talking about is baptism. Because let's be honest, if you grew up in church, it's not freaky or crazy to you. But I mean, if take it out of context to see someone stand in a bathtub, whether it be a, a, a child or an adult, and to see them go under the water and, and look like someone is kind of forcing you underwater. And then you know, like I did with my son, hold him there for three seconds to make sure it takes and then kind of take him out of the water. It looks a little weird. And so um, if you're sitting here and saying, yes, uh, that, that's me, I just, that's kind of kept me from the church because I, I don't know. We're going to talk about why we do that, why we do just that. Let's be, begin with a story. Um, when I was 18 years old, um, I, I kind of share the story. If you've been to Starting Point, I kind of share this in there, my personal testimony. I grew up in the church. I grew up in the Catholic church, and uh, I, I, I knew when everything was happening in the Catholic church. I served mass. I was an altar boy. Um, so I was churched. Uh, but at the same token, I, I, would, I would tell you that if with regards to owning my faith and understanding my faith and, and what, what a relationship with Jesus Christ really means, I really didn't understand that. Until I was about 18 years old, I'm at college. I wish I had time to unpack all that today, but I don't. Um, but at 18 years old, I, I really came to realization that uh, Jesus wants a personal relationship with me. And so I began that relationship at that time. And I remember uh, sharing with some folks that, yes, uh, I'm a Christian now. And, they, and one of the questions that a Christian would come to me is say, great, are you getting baptized? And again, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And, and in the Catholic Church, I was, quote, unquote, baptized when I was an infant at that time. And so I remember looking at them saying, no, 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 I've already been baptized. And then I kept having other Christians come to me and say, well, are you getting baptized? And I go, well, yeah, I was already baptized. When were you baptized? Oh, I was a baby. Well, that doesn't count. And I'm like, oh, how dare you? You know, and I get really offended and everything else. And so um, the point being is, is that that began a journey of questions that I had for Christianity and for God. Because I really didn't understand what baptism was. I, I really got offended. I really got defensive. And so maybe you're in this room and maybe you have those same questions or maybe people have looked at you and, and right now you're getting uncomfortable because I'm mentioning baptism and you've faced those questions and you don't even want to look to the left or right because you have someone next to you that knows that and you don't want to give them the satisfaction. Here, here's, here's my heart. My heart is the reason why we're talking about this today is, is I, I want to be a church and I want to make sure that we're a church, that we talk about these things, that we wrestle with these things, that we really understand these things so that when we go 
into our neighborhoods or we go into our families, we can have conversations and truly understand why God instituted something called baptism. So in order to do this type A's in the room, let me help you out. I do this from time to time. We're going to go question and answer. And what we're, we're going to have a Terry talk. You've heard a Ted talk. It's better, Terry talk. Um, and the Terry talk is going to be, we're going to have uh, four or five different questions about baptism. And we're going to unpack directly from scripture exactly where baptism came from and why we do the things that we do. And spoiler alert, at the end of the service, I'm so excited because I always say Christianity is a movement. It's not a monument. It's not just a religion. It's a movement of people. And at the end of the service today, what I'm really excited about is to watch a movement happen. I just teed it up for you, pulled you in a little bit. Here we go. First question, where did baptism come from? Terry, you know, all right, when people say, well, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Let me draw you back to scripture. And in scripture, um, it unpacks a place that in in about a month and a half, myself and about 32 members of our church are going to be. We're going to be standing in the Jordan River right next to the country of Jordan. And we're going to be standing there in around the same place where baptism really began. And so let me set the stage. We're in the Jordan River. There's a guy by the name of John. John has a bunch of people following him. There are Pharisees and Sadducees religious leaders that are also following because they're not happy about what John's doing. They're standing in a river and let me unpack the scene. This comes from Matthew chapter three, verse one through three. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was repent of your sins, turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he's a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. So John begins preaching a message that is uncommon to that day. He basically says, hey, if you want a close relationship with God, you need to repent of your sin. If you repent, which repentance, by the way, doesn't mean saying I'm sorry. Repentance actually means that whatever you're doing that you know is wrong by God, that you turn 180, what is it, 90 degrees, 180 degrees? We mathematicians, you know what I'm talking about. You turn the other way and you go exactly the opposite away with your behavior. And so John basically says, you want a close relationship with God? When you do wrong, stop, say, God, I'm sinning, I'm sorry, and start living your life directly the opposite way. Then to symbolize that decision that people were making, they would go ahead in the Jordan River and John would baptize them by doing this. He would take them and he would dunk them under the water as if to say, you are dying to your sin. In other words, this is not right and I repent God. So symbolizing the old Terry doing the wrong thing, I repent and I'm coming up out of the water and I'm gonna go exactly the opposite direction. So it is a symbol of repentance that John was introducing. Now, why was this a problem? because there was about to be a smackdown in biblical terms right now, because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, the Jewish religious leaders are standing there and they're looking and say, wait a second, that's not right. It's not about repentance. You're teaching a different message than God wants. And all of a sudden a real boxing match occurred. In fact, we actually have audio from the Jordan River at this time I kid you not, directly from that time of this moment, I want you to hear it yourselves. Take a listen to this. In this corner, weighing in at 150 pounds, soaking wet, 
dressed in camel hair with a leather belt, hailing from the hill country of Judea, known for his poor man's diet of locusts and honey, and for his ministry with water, please welcome John the Baptizer. And in this corner, weighing in at over 1,000 pounds due to the size of their heads and their pride, dressed in their finest jewelry and clothes, hailing from the nicer side of town, known for their quick rebuke and their love of attention, ready to condemn you at a moment's notice, please welcome the Pharisees! You didn't know Michael Buffer was there, did you? But it really was. And the reason why we did that is I want you to understand the tension that was created. Baptism was surrounded by attention of the religious leaders basically saying, um, in fact, rather than me unpacking it, let's take a look at what the Pharisees said. This is Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 to 9. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, John denounced them. He said, you brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove it by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Now, pay really close attention. John says this. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. The Pharisees were basically teaching a message that, hey, because you're Jewish, you're good. Because you're Jewish, you don't have to do anything. Just follow the law and do what we tell you to do. And John was coming out of the scene saying, no, 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 no. If you want a relationship with God, there needs to be an ownership of your behavior. There needs to be a repentance of sin. And so all of a sudden, this new teaching by John comes on the stage, symbolized by baptism, and it's causing a stir. And it really is the beginning moments of Jesus' ministry, if you really think about it. John was hugely popular preparing the way for Jesus' ministry of repentance and salvation. And so it was really a boxing match. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. In essence, what John's message was saying is this. There is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. One speaks to religion. The other speaks to relationship. John was beginning to get to the heart of every individual and saying, there is something God is after your heart and he desires a closer relationship with you. It's not just about do's and don'ts. It's about truly understanding what you do and how it matters between you and God. That's where baptism began, which leads us to the next question. Then why are we baptized? Why are we baptized? Why do we use water? Why do we use this symbol? Why is it really important? Let's take a look. This is Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew writes and says this about John. John says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. However, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Pause. A bunch of people just got freaked out because you say Holy Spirit and fire and you're like, whoa, are we going to get burned? No, 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 let me pause. Let me say this. This is called a pastoral tease. Next week, we're going to unpack the next aspect of Christianity. And the next aspect we're going to talk about is the Holy Spirit. So if you come back next week, we're going to unpack 
what or who the Holy Spirit is, how it really impacts our lives, and you'll have a greater understanding of what John's talking about. I don't have the time today to unpack all of that, and so I will tease you to say you got to come back next week to be able to understand. But basically, John says, look, I baptize with water. And so if you ever wondered why, why do we use water, this and that, we baptize with water. Another thing that I would tell you is, is you know, why, why do we dunk? Why do we dunk people? Well, the term baptizo, the, the original Greek language, means to come up out of the water, to immerse, to dunk, to come up out of the water. And so here at our church, we, for the symbol that we use, we actually just kind of do exactly what the original language says. And we also follow the command of Jesus because Jesus actually, that word related to Jesus when he was baptized. In fact, why do we get baptized? This comes from a different book. This comes from the book of Romans. And I want to show you this. It says this, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father, now we also may live new lives. So again, referencing the importance of baptism. Now, That leads to the next question because there's some of us in this room that would say, now, wait a minute, Terry, I just read that scripture and it says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. So last week you said that it was important to have a relationship with Jesus. It was important that there was nothing you could do to earn your way to heaven, that it was by receiving the free gift that Christ gave us when he died for us. But yet this makes it seem like you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Is that true? Let me very, very, very quickly say no. You do not have to be baptized to go to heaven. I'm going to make that very clear. So does baptism get you into heaven? Next question. The answer is no. Baptism does not get you into heaven. In fact, we're going to define that in just a second. So hold on, note takers. We're going to tell you exactly what baptism means. However, for those of you who like education and like history, I want you to tune in really quick because I'm going to give you a a two and a half minute historical lesson on baptism and that whole denominational thing because some churches baptism does get you into heaven. I'm going to give you clear some things up. If you don't like history and you don't like to geek out on this stuff, then take a nap for about four minutes. I'll wake you up. Okay, here we go. So In other denominations, baptism is done in a lot of different ways. In the Catholic Church, I I was baptized as an infant. And the idea and the theory behind baptism is that it will usher you in to a relationship with God. That in essence, the symbol itself will usher you in into your relationship with God. Now, is that true? Is that right or wrong? Let me just give you history as to why a lot of people believe this because some of you have some great friends in liturgical churches and you struggle because you're like, well, they are very passionate about what they say and you're passionate about what you say. Who's right? Who's wrong? All I can give you is history and scripture to back me up. And what I would tell you is this. A long time ago, there was a term that most of you have probably heard called the sacraments. If you've heard of the sacraments, I grew up on the sacraments. Now, you might say, well, Terry, what are sacraments? Sacraments include baptism. Baptism is one of the sacraments. Communion is one of the sacraments. And so what sacraments are, in the original language, they come from the the word, original language, mysterium, which means the mystery of God. Um, You thought mystery came from, you know, stories. No, no, no. Mystery actually is biblical. It's the mystery of God that only God can really do or understand. And so the early church in the medieval times, they had a problem. Pay attention. So all of a sudden, you had a bunch of individuals like yourselves who lived during the medieval times. Guess what? You were uneducated. Guess what? You couldn't read. You couldn't write. Guess what? You didn't have the internet. You didn't have printed Bible. And so all of a sudden, you're sitting there and your faith is being built upon probably one thing and one thing only, the stories that your family members told. Because guess what? I say guess what a lot, don't I? The priests, they're sharing in Latin, 
And a lot of the people didn't really understand the language. So not even the religious leaders could even teach exactly what it meant to have a relationship with God. So during this medieval times, the church decided, said, we've got a problem. We've got to help give people a very simple understanding of what it means to have a relationship with God. So they sat down and they went ahead and they said, what are the sacraments? What are the mysterium? What are the things that God expects for us in order to have a good relationship? And they wrote those down. And one of them was baptism. And so they decided to put these steps towards God or these pictures and they decided to begin to teach if you would just take each step we assume you're going to have a closer relationship with God, which will ultimately get you into right standing with God. Now, pause. It's really easy for us to judge that here with internet and information and podcasts galore on Christianity. But imagine being in a home with no electricity, with no information, with a deep fear of God because people back then thought God was going to kill them at any moment if they got mad at him. And then when someone says, look, if you want to really have a good relationship with God, which everyone at that time who respected God would say, yes, I do, I do, tell me, tell me, tell me, then you need to do these things. Well, guess what? You had a lot of individuals with a heart and a fear of God who took those steps with the heart to say, God, we want you, we want you. Sounded like a good idea. However, now that we've gotten into today's day and age, here's the problem with it. There are many individuals in our country and in our community, and I was one of them, that unfortunately we focus so much on the steps to God and doing the steps to God that we forgot that those steps represent a heart and a relationship with God that you need to have first. And so baptism, when I was real little, my parents decided I'm going to take Terry and we're going to go ahead and we're going to get him baptized in the Catholic church so that Terry can grow in the church. So Terry can be affected by those around him, that we are going to teach him, that we are going to grow him, and that he hopefully will have a good relationship with God. That was the intent, which is not a bad intent at all. However, baptism, that's not what baptism is scripturally. In fact, if you're taking notes, I'm going to unpack this. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. In other words, baptism represents what you've already done in your heart. And so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when you get baptized, you stand there and say, here's what I did. I said, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins, repentance. The old Terry, I don't want to be the old Terry. I don't want to keep doing what I want to do. I want to do what you want to do. And I want you as my Lord and Savior, which means I'm going to follow you and try to do what you call me to do. So I am going to die to the old life and the old ways. And I'm going to raise up out of the water, a new creation walking with you. That's the symbol of an inward commitment to Christ. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. Baptism just gets you wet. Okay. So, Continuing on, if that's the case, Terry, then answer this to me. Why did Jesus get baptized? He didn't have to repent, did he? No, he didn't. Why did Jesus get baptized? In fact, a lot of you are like, Jesus got baptized? Yes, Jesus got baptized. In fact, let's read about it. This is Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Take a look here. Then Jesus went to Galilee by the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But as you can imagine, John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Now pay real close attention. But Jesus said, it should be done. For John, we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Now, 
A lot of people ask the question, Terry, why did Jesus get baptized? Why was that important? For two reasons. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. There's two reasons why Jesus got baptized. One, remember what I said. John is beginning the picture of the ministry of Jesus by what he was doing. He was teaching something very, very different. And so all of a sudden, here are these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of followers standing around this river. And John's there. And John goes, behold, this is the guy I was talking about. All that we've been doing is because of him. Behold. And Jesus steps into the river and standing there. Could you imagine all the people? I'm I'm assuming some people say, hey, you should baptize Jesus, John. Yeah, because if he's that guy, if this is what we're talking about, yes, he needs to get baptized. Woohoo! he's going to get baptized. This is great. Could you imagine if Jesus looked at John and said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get baptized. It would kill the movement. It would kill the momentum. The people would look and say, well, wait a second. You've been saying we're supposed to get baptized. And this guy who we don't understand who he is or what he's doing, but he's a part of it. And yet he doesn't want to get baptized. So one of the reasons why Jesus got baptized was to affirm the message of John. Do you notice what he said? John, we must do all that God requires. We are starting a movement, John. And we need everybody to understand what this movement is, that it's repentance of sin and acceptance of a relationship with Jesus Christ for a new life. So that's the first reason. The second thing, which I love, and I'm going to sit for this because it's just awesome. The second reason why Jesus did that is if you're new and you don't know anything about Jesus and you don't know the character of Jesus, you need to understand this, that all throughout scripture in his ministry, Jesus continually lowered and humbled himself down on our behalf. He was God. He didn't have to deal with us. He could have said, Terry, I'm done with you. Snapped his fingers, I'm gone. He could have done that. He's God. But he had patience for us. He loved us. He washed his disciples' feet. He didn't have to do that. It was a slave's job. And he did that. So why did Jesus get baptized? He did that to identify with you and me. He did that to say, Terry, I'm willing to be baptized, to identify with sinners. Because I'm going to tell you something, Terry. What I'm going to do in just a short while is I'm going to take your sin on my shoulders. So I'm going to give you a picture, a real picture of death and resurrection. And so I'm going to identify with you, Terry, so that you know how important this is to me. In fact, in Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17, it says this, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God. We're going to talk more about that next week. Descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This was the beginning of Jesus's ministry. Baptism publicly announced the beginning of Christ's ministry and his mission. And so Jesus affirmed all of what John was teaching during that time to let us know. Now, let's get practical. We got about four minutes left. Let's get practical. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ in this room, like me long ago, the question that many people hit me with and ask me is, when are you getting baptized? And I did everything I could. In fact, that's the question we're going to answer. When should I get baptized? I did everything I could to deflect. I did everything I could to run. I, I made every excuse in the book just because, let's be honest, I just didn't want people to think that I didn't know anything about Christianity. I didn't want them to think I was a newbie. In other words, I had pride. And so let's answer the question biblically. When, biblically, when does Jesus expect us to get baptized? This comes from a book of Acts, which talks about the church, and these are individuals. 
And so there's a guy by the name of Philip and there is a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch. And all of a sudden this Ethiopian, he's sitting there and he's reading about Jesus and reading about a relationship with God. And all of a sudden he gets it and he says, oh my gosh, I, I, I need a savior. I, I want Jesus as my Lord and savior. This is awesome. And so I want you to see exactly what happens when he has an interaction with someone. Take a look at this, Acts chapter eight. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch, the Ethiopian said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carrots to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Here's an individual who understood and immediately said, you know what? Why shouldn't I get baptized? Why shouldn't I tell others? All, I've got all these people who are, who are going alongside the carriage that need to know about what God is doing in my life. And so I want to go down to this water and I don't care if it looks weird. I'm just going to go ahead and do it because they need to know the symbol of why I'm doing it so that they understand the deeper meaning about what Christ did in my life. Here's a little bit more of a stronger verse. And this comes from the book of Acts chapter 22. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Now, let me kind of lean in a little bit. I believe there are a, a few reasons why people don't get baptized, including myself, when, during that time. I think some of you in this room, if you're wrestling about whether or not you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, I get it. And you shouldn't be baptized. If you, if you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you shouldn't get baptized because baptism symbolizes what you've already done in your heart. And so I would never tell you to, no, just go ahead. Just, it'll be great. Just go get in the water. It'd be awesome. I, I would never do that. I would tell you, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean anything. You're just going to get wet and you'd have a bad hair day. That's not worth it. Don't do it. But if you are in this room and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and maybe your answer like mine was, I was baptized as an infant. I was baptized a long time ago before I had a relationship with Christ. I've never been baptized. I'm going to make a very strong statement, and I mean this with all my heart because I know where you're at. And I want you to read it, and then we're going to talk about it. Here's what I would say. For those that say they are Christians, a lack of baptism can only mean three things. A lack of belief, an abundance of pride, or an extreme procrastination. For those that say they are Christians, a lack of baptism can only mean three things. A lack of belief, abundance of pride, or extreme procrastination. When I sat there for a year and I kept deflecting that question and I kept saying, no, 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 I finally had a dear friend sit me down and say, Terry, dude, why, why aren't you getting baptized? And I was about to give the canned answer and the canned response and, and just make excuses again. And finally, I just sat there and I looked at him and I said, pride. And he said, yeah, we all know it. We're your friends. So why don't you get baptized? If Jesus was standing here and you were looking at him, what would your answer be? And I go, no. No, I just tease. I didn't do that. But I went ahead and said, okay. And so here's what I did. I scheduled immediately that next Sunday my baptism. Now here's how God has a sense of humor. Because that Sunday, I remember getting up in the morning and I wasn't feeling good. I got to the church and here's how they said, they said, hey, the water um, will be nice and warm. And the pastor, it's right at the top of the service. I wasn't feeling good. I was, I was kind of shivering a little bit. So I'm like, okay, it's warm, good. And it, you won't be in there long. The pastor's going to throw, you know, to baptism right up front. And so you can get baptized. And I was like, okay, good, because I'm not feeling great. And so I went ahead. And so I, I, I walk into the water. And the first thing I notice is the heater was broken that day. So the water was, it felt like 50 degrees. You know what I'm saying? So I'm standing 
in the water and now my teeth, I can't keep my teeth from chattering because I'm so miserable. I'm white as a ghost. My teeth are chattering. And then the start of the service happens and the pastor begins to talk and keeps talking and keeps talking. And 15 minutes later, someone finally calls right by him and says, pastor, they're waiting for baptism. So, oh, I'm sorry, baptism. And so they throw to us. So I was baptized on October 1st, 1995 with the onset of chickenpox. 103 degree fever. But I will never forget that day as long as I live. Now here's the truth. I only got wet that day. But what that was for me is a day to tell everybody an outward symbol of what God did in my life over a year ago. Here's the great thing about it. When you do that and when you follow baptism, here's the awesome thing. And you might, the biggest question of all, well, then why do we do that? It's very simple. Right now, there are a bunch of individuals in this room that you don't know if you're to die today, you go to heaven. That's just the fact. And when someone gets in the water and stirs those water and someone does a weird symbol like that, it makes you go, if someone is willing to do something as silly and funny looking as that, then there must be something to this Christianity and I've got to ask questions and I've got to find out about it. That's why Jesus called us to a symbol, to let others know. So here's your answer. For those that say they're Christians, a lack of baptism requires only response, one response. Yes. Now, here's the great thing about it. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, someone who is sitting right where you were, someone a little wiser in age. And when he was hit with this information about a relationship with Christ and about what baptism means, I thank God that he gave the right answer. Take a look at the screen. One night I was with my friend at the theater. He was dealing with stuff in his life, not sure exactly what, but he was, I think, upset about the job and some other things. Um, And I started praying to God because I was afraid of what kind of mind he said he had at the time. And I just said, God, if you take care of him, I'll do whatever you want. And God did take care of him. God made sense to me all of a sudden when that happened. And he became, it became very logical to me, and I'm a logic person, as to what he did, why he did it, why you needed Christ, who is the Son of God, to save us from our sins. But that was kind of the start of, this just all made sense in my mind in here that this is who God was in there. And I had had the background before, but it wasn't, it wasn't personal to me. And that's what this did for me, was it made it personal to me. When it became personal to me, it meant that he died for my sins, that he was there for me, that he was going to lead me, he was going to guide me, um, that I could rely on him for everything. Uh, I didn't have a good self-image myself, and I always thought I was not good at things. It meant that I no longer had to worry about who I was. It was who he was. And he was the one who would lift me up, get me to where I needed to go. And even with struggles in my life now, even though I struggle with it and sometimes doubt, he's going to take me where we have to go. And I don't have to worry about it. It's in his hands. Everything is in God's hands. I'm sorry. And that's what it means. It means we rely on him and there is no other. 
to me, it's um, it's a symbol of the faith that is within us. In there, we're standing up and saying, "Hey, this is my God. This is my salvation, um, and I'm willing to voice it." In there, and that's what it means to me. It's an outward sign of what is going on inside our hearts. My name is Ed Jelaski, and today I am going public. Ed, we want to thank you for your testimony today. Um, we've been seeing how God's working in your life in the past, and we know that he's working in your life now. Well, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Ed's kids, who we hope we're watching in Massachusetts today, and we're glad that they can join us today that way. And, uh, Ed, we're also glad that you and, and Lena here are part of our Ocean View family. We thank you so much for that. You guys have been faithful already in what you've been doing and serving so uh, faithfully already in, in this uh, body of ours. Thank you so much. Ed, it's because of your uh, commitment to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and obedience to his command that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. When you trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, your only response to baptism is yes. And when you do that, it touches the heart of man and woman. And I thank God for Ed's testimony. Would you pray with me? Father, right now, I know, I know in my spirit that there are several people that are here And God, you know my heart. My heart is never to pressure anyone into a decision that they're not comfortable with. But God, at the same token, if the enemy is using pride or procrastination or a lot of excuse, if they find themselves in a position like I was long ago, I know that there is nothing greater than taking a step of faith in obedience and trusting And so today in this room, if you're with eyes closed, head bowed, if you're in this room and and you've struggled with baptism and and maybe you're like me and maybe you got baptized as an infant and maybe um, you're wrestling because you just don't want people to think that you're a new Christian or or you're just got questions, uh, here's here's my heart and and what I would say to you in an attitude of prayer. Um, The only thing that matters is your relationship with God. And if baptism shows others your commitment, love, admiration, respect of Jesus, then why wouldn't you want to tell others about that? And so today, if you're in this room, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I I just, if you'd say, God, I want the courage and the strength to take a step of faith. And just pray this in the privacy of your heart. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you're my Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Father, that, um, Lord, you died for me. I recognize that and and I have that. And God, I've been struggling with the decision of baptism. And today, Father, today, I, in my heart, I want my answer to be yes. And so, God, I ask for the strength, the courage, the commitment to be able to take a step of faith, to be able to, in, in, in the fear, Lord, of all my fears, God, to be able to stand in the face of that fear and to trust you that you would be my guide and strength. And so, God, today may, may today be an amazing symbol for me to tell others about your great love. Father, I thank you so much for those in this room. I pray your blessing upon the decisions. This is your moment, not mine. 
And God, I pray that you would speak clearly. So Father, we love you. We bless you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.